We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. NFL week seven, the first week of major buys on the NFL season that I felt anyway, for sure. I had a lot of lineups this week as I went in to set them and I was like, yeah, why is uh, why is all my guys unavailable? They were all on buy. That is what can happen, but you know, there's a lot of teams out there. I'm sure we're hope, wishing that they had CD Lamb in their lineup this week, but he will be back for week eight as we will be fastly approaching that. So do not be concerned. Sean Siegel is still on his travels. I hope he's having a fantastic time. We did our recap last week with Sean on location. We are joined today by Eric Hove. Eric, writing up on rotaviz.com, but also managing some leagues along with Sean that Sean will bring up on the show from time to time to say about what Eric's end season advice has been, maybe that he has felt the need to share with the Rotoviz OT audience. So I'm excited to have Eric on. We're going to talk through my thoughts on week seven, his thoughts on week seven, and where that leads us towards the rest of the nfl season so eric welcome on to road of his ot how has what, what's your feeling on how week seven went before i you know corrupt your thoughts on, on how it all went <laughs> um yeah it uh it was a wild and exciting uh slate yeah i especially the 1 p.m games it seemed like every game i was uh tuning into and watching uh was going the opposite uh that as a at a that I had expected. Um, so it was cool to see uh, some surprise uh, finishes and um, some underdogs win. Uh, I think from a fantasy perspective, um, I think it was a, a week of elite QB and elite tight end. Uh, they both really separated from the field this week. Um, you know, a QB, uh, Mahomes and Lamar uh, had 34 points each, uh, Allen with 24, Hertz with 23. And uh, we were chatting earlier, uh, no other QB uh, that was drafted uh, typically had above 20 points. Uh, unfortunately, Colm was saying he, uh, was in a super flex league and went against uh, Minshew and Tyrod Taylor. So uh, that was not true for you, but for, uh, for everybody else, uh, the elite QBs uh, separated and uh, same with tight ends. I mean, Kelsey, just a, a monster game. Um, I should have put uh, tight end premium scores on here, but he uh, scored 36 in PPR Waller, 23 Andrews, 22 Goddard, 19. So um, yeah, elite QB and elite tight end was a story of the day for me. Yeah. When you get into uh, PPR leagues where, you know, Travis Kelsey is, 36 points and then you think of adding half a point on for every one of the receptions and tight end premium leagues it really uh, is wonderful to have guys got on your roster if that was 
the option that was available. So we are going to talk through kind of focusing on those elite quarterbacks on today's show. And obviously the elite quarterbacks, the reason that some of those put up the points that they did this week is because they're paired with those elite tight ends. We do have Mahomes, Kelsey, we have Lamar, Andrews. So we will jump into those games. And I think starting off with Casey might be the, the way to go. But I've mentioned on a few shows recently how impressed I have been with Lamar Jackson this season and how he has gone and maybe how the stats haven't been fully there to back it up. So I felt like Casey was the way to go, but I'm going to change it up here. We're going to go with the Baltimore Ravens and the Detroit Lions. This was a game where when the game kicks off, you know, I'm thinking Jared Goff's road splits aren't great. And it can be a situation where I'm starting him. There's a few places today where I kind of dropped him out a little bit and, uh, he, he does finish this one with 284 yards, no touchdowns, one interception, but they were getting absolutely crushed here early by the Baltimore Ravens. It's 28 to zero at halftime, goes up to 31 to zero before the, the Lions get those six points in the fourth quarter. A real demolition by the Baltimore Ravens. And I have to say that more so than on the Detroit Lions, I think this is a game where you have to give basically sole credit to the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson, though, the player that I wanted to highlight at the start, a couple of weeks ago has the game where there's a massive drop issues across the entire team and i did get reminded on a youtube comment i did say that they weren't you know all his tight end mark andrew's fault but what i should have said is some of the more his fault i got called out that andrews did have drops in that game but andrews was fantastic in this game only has four receptions six targets but he does get the two touchdowns 63 yards but you know being paired with Jackson, who is spreading the ball around, 357 yards in the air, three touchdowns, no interceptions off 27 attempts, and then he has 36 on the ground for another touchdown. And he just looked fantastic here. The, the composure is something I don't think we've seen as much from him in the past that we're seeing here, particularly on the touchdown to Nelson Aguilar. You know, I think Lamar Jackson, you know, one season, two seasons ago, is ready to take off and try and scramble for the end zone himself. It's a 12-yard pass which stays in there and, and waits and waits and it opens up and gets the pass. And also we've seen him do it a few times with the second touchdown to Travis Kelsey where he's kind of scrambling, but it's almost like a fake scramble. And then he like, you know, tosses it over the top of the defense once they lose sight off Andrew. So I have to say a lot of positives in this, but a huge amount of the work going the way of the points for Andrews, Rashad Bittman, not really involved three targets, two receptions, 36 yards for him. Beckham though has seven targets, five receptions, 49 yards. Zay Flower, somebody who we've talked a lot about here on, on OT, six targets, four receptions, 75 yards. The positive is that we are starting to see the targets in the field as well for him, as well as the shorter targets. He does have a long completion in this of 46 yards. So I think we have to, you know, just give all the credit in the world here to the, the Ravens. On the other side, Jamar Gibbs, obviously the lead back for the Ravens or for the Lions in this game. 11 carries 68 yards one touchdown does get 10 targets nine catches 58 yards in the passing game as they are in pretty much catch-up mode the whole way laporte is six for 52 i'm on Ra, i guess the bright spot if you are playing him in your fantasy league you're quite happy with the 19 targets 13 receptions 102 yards so a lot of fantasy production for the pieces like the, there's a lot of players in this that people would have started this week who either really helped their lineup or did not destroy their chances of winning you know but i think uh lamar jackson and mark andrews have to do the big takeaway here 
Oh, for sure. I mean, it it uh, it was utter domination from the start. And I think, uh, you know, we uh, Rotaviz and uh, thinking about fantasy football are usually concerned about the skill players and the quarterbacks. Uh, but in this game, it just seemed like it was uh, line domination on both sides by the Ravens. Uh, they were just all over Jared Goff all day. And uh, Lamar, especially early, just seemed to have all the time uh, in the world. And then when you uh, give him that and he has his scrambling ability, it's, uh, it's certainly uh, hard to counter. Um, I did. I mean, I appreciate uh, Dan Campbell and his aggressiveness. I think uh, that was what salvaged the fantasy days for uh, Amon Ra and Gibbs. Uh, he was, you know, going forward on fourth down multiple times around the 50 yard line and uh, they were still slinging it around. So from a fantasy perspective, he certainly was uh, friendly to us uh, today. Yeah, that was one of my game as the game really got out of hand at the half and then you're getting into the third quarter and it's not turning around. My fear was that they, you know, pull all the starters. Next thing, you know, Amon Ra is not in there. Sam Laporte is not in there. I think Gibbs kind of had to be in there because they didn't have a huge amount of <laughs> right. alternative options. You know, they, they do have Craig Reynolds with three carries in this, but it has been built around uh, Jamar Gibbs here with the absence of uh, David Montgomery. So I always appreciated if the Dan Campbell kept fighting in this one. I think, you know, I mentioned the home road splits at the start. We've seen them go into Green Bay, beat the Packers. That might not be that much of a challenge without the Packers played this weekend, but they also went to Kansas City and bet the Chiefs on the road so there is that narrative around the home road splits but I do think the Lions up until this point had been a little bit better this year they obviously had the the win on the road last week as well against the Buccaneers so a little bit more of a balance because they're three and one away on the season and that home road split is mainly around Goff's fantasy output but um yeah there'll be brighter weeks I think this is more of a a one-off game where if you have Amon Ra if you have Sam Laporte if you have Gibbs you're kind of just grateful that they they got points this week to get you through a, a six point performance uh, for for an offense is usually not going to lead to the points that those guys got. So that is a positive. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? Like you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it? Well, I know from personal experience and currently using the BetterHelp service that I put off starting therapy for many years until early 2023 when I started therapy with BetterHelp. And for a long, long time, I didn't know all the things that were holding me back subconsciously, consciously. But with my therapist, I've been able to come up with positive coping skills and being able to understand why I felt the way I did about certain things, certain situations, helping me to understand, accept, and enhance my life and my day-to-day -day experiences. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited for your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. I was matched with my therapist. We clicked straight away and we've got on fantastically. But if there's any reason you'd want to switch therapists, you can do so anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash rotoviz today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp hlp.com/rotoviz We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com when we look then, this, the game I was going to start with will bounce into that because another elite tight end performance in this one. And that was the situation around the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes at halftime in this game was on course to multiple <laughs> potential records, but they did slow down in that third and fourth quarter. This game in the first half, you know, 17 to 24 in favor of the, the Chiefs. No points for either team in the third quarter and only the touchdown for the Kansas City Chiefs in the fourth quarter. So no second half points for the Chargers in this game. They are now two and four in the season. The Chiefs go to six and one with that lone loss to Detroit, the only one behind them. But 424 passing yards to Patrick Mahomes, 32, 42, four passing touchdowns, one interception. Running game kind of not existent for the, the Chiefs in this, but they were really doing everything through the past. Just the 21 total rush attempts in it for 68 yards on the ground. Travis Kelsey, though, who needs a run game when you get 13 targets, 12 receptions, 179 yards and a touchdown? And the one in completion, I'm sure Kelsey will probably say that he should have caught it. It's kind of a difficult catch as he goes to the ground, but almost a 100% you know, pass reception, I guess, pass completion going the way of Patrick Mahomes in this one. But um, yeah, I think Kelsey is... I've always said Gronk was the best fantasy tight end of all time. We are getting some pressure here, I think, from Travis Kelsey as he continues to put up huge numbers with Patrick Mahomes and the other player to really highlight in this one I think is Rasheed Rice he gets six targets five receptions 60 yards one touchdown again we're starting to see him with more downfield targets as a 37 yard uh, reception in this game and gets in the end zone again we're seeing Mahomes look for him as a rookie at this point in the season I think there's huge potential there with him moving forward the other touchdowns going to Pacheco through the air and also MBS on a slightly broken play, I would say. But yeah, I think everyone knows about Travis Kelsey, but this was a, a next level. And then Rasheed Rice. Have have you been, are you a Rasheed Rice truther like uh, myself and Sean? 
Yes, yes, I'm certainly a truther. Uh, I will say, uh, Sean and I, in uh, one of our leagues, we were uh, debating Wandale uh, versus Rashi Rice. Uh, he, obviously, with his travels, uh, left it to me. Uh, I had noticed he put Wandale in there, and I was like, oh, man, I, I don't know which way to go, and uh, I left Wandale in there. So, of course, I got, you know, three points versus the, I think, 17 that Rice uh, put up. So, thankfully, we, uh, I think, are going to pull out the W in the, in that league. But, but, yeah, he looks good. I mean, he's, he's big, fast. Um, I mean, the thing about uh, Rice for me is every time he catches the ball, it seems like he's downhill and just, you know, beelining toward the end zone, which I uh, greatly appreciate. Um, I think I saw today. I haven't. People now moving forward, I think, are going to have that decision, like you mentioned. You know, they've they've drafted him. Maybe they've listened to the show. They've drafted him. They've picked him up. They have him on the roster, whether it's a dynasty or whether it's a redraft league. And then you're looking at, you know, the decisions, especially in a bye week. You know, the one v ones, or is there a veteran that's not performing? You know, over these last couple of weeks, you know, we're looking at six targets, four, five, five, seven. Even in week one, had five targets. So I'd say if week two, where there's two targets, were above four on all occasions. And then we're starting to get the yards. You know, we have five receptions, 64 for 72, four for 33. Obviously not ideal, but you get a touchdown in there. So we're looking at pretty positive starts through those opening weeks of the start of his NFL career, where it's, you know, 30 or sorry, 26 receptions, 305 yards and, and three touchdowns. So we're starting to move in a positive direction. And the real positive for me is these last two weeks, you know, he has a 27 or 28 yard re- reception last week and a 37 yard one this week. So we're starting to, look at those plays coming in and you know if you're looking at downfield plays and teams that aren't afraid to take those shots you know nobody really does it more than so they yep yeah certainly yeah and he um i saw today i think he ran the third most routes uh for the chiefs and it just seems like i mean some of it's just the function of uh being kansas city and andy Reid the play caller but like he does not seem to have um i wouldn't say not difficult catches but like he always has a few yards of separation when the ball gets thrown to him. So I do think he'll have a pretty high, uh, high catch rate. And uh, both those long receptions you called out uh, kind of had one guy left to beat and he would have had a, an even longer uh, TD catch. So I think there's even more upside there. Yeah. I mentioned Travis Kelsey. There's nothing else to say, but is there anything else to say? Man, I don't think so. I think, uh, I mean, just talking about the overall stat line, I mean, I think he was eight for 143 and a touchdown at halftime. Um, the the Chiefs were absolutely cooking, and that was with a pretty long uh, field goal drive to start the game uh, that kind of ate up a lot of the clock. So, um, yeah, it was a fun game. Definitely one that was a tale of two halves a little bit. The first half was very explosive. Second half uh, slowed down um, a bit. But, yeah, Kelsey was was definitely the big story. Um I think the, you know, one guy that was kind of MIA was um, really the whole Charger offense, but uh, I was surprised that Austin Eckler didn't get uh, going a little more, especially in the passing game. Uh, He was not very involved. That was what I was going to mention for you. The other one was, you know, Quentin Johnson, again, not not really involved. Um, You know, we had Mike Williams obviously having the injury and we thought we would start to see him get added in there. Two targets, one reception, 20 yards. Always somebody who was going to be a project, you know, as he come into the NFL, but surprised at how little being used there we do see seven targets for joshua palmer for five receptions 133 yards he leads the way for the the chargers and i have to say it's josh palmer fun but i was incredibly impressed by some of these receptions that he made in this game so i i can't really argue the thing of you know quentin johnson over palmer for example if it's rest of the season uh, I, I would probably rather have Palmer in this. As tough as that is for me to say, we get a Gerald Everett touchdown in the end zone. We get nine targets for Keenan Allen, which is four for 55. Sometimes when we have these interdivisional matches where they you know, know each other, play each other, 
a little bit more regular you do see some things where you can scheme players out of it but obviously the, the chargers did not do that to travis kelsey for example but a little bit of that going from the chief side to stop keenan allen and austin eckler only two targets one reception for one yard and then uh 14 carries for 45 joshua kelly breaks off a 14-yard touchdown run in this game so there was some success in the running game here for the chargers but uh overall i was very very surprised to see eckler held kind of that much in check do you think for eckler it's just a case of you know working his way back into game shape and a, a little like I, I can't really say that it was game script because he's kind of game script proof but he just was not i was really surprised today not being used in the passing game more than he was yeah i agree yeah and, I, and you know obviously the two targets uh shows that it was um you know, not fluky plays. It just was uh, him not getting targeted very much. I do, you know, Kansas City's defense, I think, is uh, pretty sneaky, uh, good, and underrated. Um, they had a lot of batted balls on Herbert. Um, but yeah, I, I would have thought that uh, getting Eckler involved in the screen game would have been uh, been a nice go-to. So I, I think it probably was just uh, easing him in. Uh, I think he, you know, kind of got unfortunate with uh, Josh Kelly getting the big, uh, long TD run. Um where the, the line just kind of opened the opened the seas and uh, Kelly ran through and Eckler didn't get that TD. But um, yeah, I think better days to come for for Eckler. I didn't notice anything uh, popping out about his game uh, play or the charges overall to limit him. Then we go back to our conversation around the elite quarterback play. And people would say borderline elite maybe on the, the two side, but was comparatively when you're looking at prices and ADP from you know preseason where you were getting the likes of a Jalen Hurts versus a Tua you know the, the scoring from Tua has been at a very discounted level comparatively but I, I would have you know if we're drafting right now and that elite level of quarterback but Jalen Hurts stole the show 31-17 they go to 6-1 and 5-2 and two now with the Miami Dolphins Dolphins sometimes have a little bit of trouble I think when you face off against these elite oppositions and the, the Detroit or sorry the Philadelphia defense is a, a tough go at any point I was surprised from both sides here just how little the run games were actually involved in it. So we get 99 total yards rushing for the Eagles on 34 plays, but they do get two touchdowns based off that. Then on the other side is 12 for 45 for the Miami Dolphins. So really not much happening here in the rushing game. And in terms of what was put up fantasy points-wise, this game was really done through efficiency from some of the star players so aj brown has 15 targets 10 reception 137 yards one touchdown we get dallas goddard five targets five receptions 71 and one we're still seeing smith kind of on the the periphery of the offense five targets four receptions and the 49 yards i would like to see him get a little bit more focus there but just three targets three receptions 13 for swift swift with the 15 carries for 62 we obviously know what can happen on fourth down when you have Jalen Hurts and the the offensive line of the Eagles. I know myself and Sean have kind of joked about it for a while, but people talking about the play and you know should should it be illegal? Well, we've seen other teams try it. Nobody else can really do it at all. Not even like other teams are having <laughs> success. It's like uh, yeah, every single time it's automatic for the the Eagles, but nobody else can do it. So we've seen multiple times in this one fourth down, and again you mentioned like you know the lions they continue to try and play and they were aggressive and by the point that they were so far out of it that they kept playing but when you're being aggressive as a play caller like the eagles are here and every time they get into a fourth down situation they're going for it it's i think and again what you want to see is teams like the eagles and the dolphins with the plays that they have been running some of the more innovative stuff 
that's going to change the way the NFL is looking at these things if they continue to have success and people using all four downs to try and move the ball rather than being very, very conservative in, in those situations. So Jalen Hurts with a, an impressive performance. AJ Brown with a, a dominant, dominant performance on his side in terms of what he has done over the last couple of weeks of the season. That was his fifth straight game with 125 or more yards. He now ties the longest streak in NFL history with Calvin Johnson in 2012 and Pat stood still back in 1966. So just exceptional stuff that he has done. Three touchdowns in that time frame, basically putting up you know season-long yardage totals in the last five games for what most people would do in a whole season and be pretty happy with it. So I'll get your thoughts on AJ Brown. On the other side, you know, Tyreek Hill is doing stuff similar to AJ Brown. He gets 15 targets as well. He gets 11 receptions, 88 yards, and a touchdown on an absolutely you know a beautiful throw by two people talk about his deep ball that that was a really special throw and a, a nice catch and i have to give a you know props to the dolphins on their celebrations here they they do the you know catching a fish celebration which was impressive choreography but didn't didn't get the result that, uh, you know overall that they wanted Mostert 45 yards for him on nine carries doesn't really get a huge amount going and and then we got just one reception for six yards in the passing game so this was pretty much you know hell and waddle and nothing else for the the dolphins in this game so they had a lot of players who I, I know myself and other people would have in their lineups that you know really may have prevented wins this week so what what are your thoughts here and two of the higher powered offenses you know i guess being so concentrated in one way but also it's good to be concentrated but it's also not good when the, the points don't come for for some of the the star running backs here yeah, it that's was what a, I've turned it was a fun into. Game. I've turned into a, a running backs uh, truther. <laughs> I never thought I'd see that. Give us, give us the running back points. Yeah, no, it was a fun game. It was uh, awesome to have those uh, two juggernauts um, squaring off in prime time. Um, yeah, for me, AJ Brown was one of the huge uh, stories. Uh, I'm glad you finally said it. I've been saying it for months and months that AJ Brown's the next uh, Pat Stud still. Um, so <laughs> I, I make that comp all the time. Um, but yeah, just I don't uh, know if Stud still. I don't know if we can get the data for Stud still and the, the road of his tools, can we? I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, I got I got 40 times. I got everything for Stud still. I'll, I'll hit you up after the show. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but what he's been doing has been uh, remarkable and. Uh, you know, he just has a great combination of, um, I mean, just being the, the grown man that he is, but uh, he, he seems to catch every long bomb that uh, Hurts throws to him. But then he also is their go-to, like on those quick slants to get five or six yards. And that uh, adds up pretty quick in uh, PPR. I think something that doesn't get talked about enough of them is like the, the physicality. Like he is, you mentioned like, you know, he's a grown ass man, basically he, his physicality at the point of contact, but also his acceleration. And then if it's a deep ball, the speed he has to to beat defenders as well on those deep passes uh, and his hands like the one thing i, I don't want to i don't like taking positives and then hitting on somebody else but the titans decision to move on from aj brown just looks worse and, and but the one thing i will say is thankfully the eagles made that trade because we, we don't get this we got we got aj brown in a certain way when he was with the titans we got to see big plays we could see yards after the catch we didn't see this evolution of AJ Brown was not happening with the the Titans. So shout out to the Eagles for for making that trade happen. Yes, certainly. I'm uh, I'm glad that we've gotten to see it. Um, but yeah, I think you know, like you said, I think 
you know, both teams, I don't, I don't think any, you know, really worrisome signs from this other than the Dolphins just could not run against the Eagles. So I don't know if that was uh, just a matter of this day. Um, I know the broadcast had mentioned they had uh, some offensive linemen uh, out. So I don't know if that's the the main cause, but uh, made Miami pretty uh, one-dimensional, uh, which, you know, one-dimensional Miami is still, uh, still a pretty good team. Uh, Tyreek was, was still cooking and uh, looked great, but it just wasn't quite enough. Uh, they just seemed to be um, kind of a half, half step behind uh, Philly the whole time. Um, Sirianni in particular, uh, just his aggressive uh, play calling. There were a few kind of backbreaking plays. He had, uh, I think he went for it on fourth and three from the 33. Uh, and Hertz had just an amazing, you know, scramble rollout, uh, hit AJ Brown. Um, it would have been another uh, TD. I think he went down on like the half yard line. That was um, one that it, I meant to mention. That's a good catch was the, uh, yeah, he, he went down pretty much. I think it was called a touchdown originally. And um, then, then it was marked down at the the one basically his butt came down <laughs> before he got over the line and uh i wonder and like when jalen hurts is waiting for that play call to come in every time the ball's at the one yard line is there you know is it just a case of it's all does he have to listen to the play call or is it just <laughs> going to be a, a free rushing touchdown from each time yeah i think so i mean i um i got a lot of deandre swift and uh, i would love a swift uh, run at the goal line but i don't think uh, i don't think it's going to happen when when that play works every time and it's also a case of like with some teams you know you get down at the one and it's like well maybe they will pass it here like maybe they'll be aggressive and pass it so maybe you know aj brown gets a chance to get into the end zone but with what the eagles is just no doubt uh, we're getting jill and here to push this one over the line and it has been quite fortuitous with some of those very short rushing touchdowns but if you're a jill hurts drafter a manager you're uh you're just loving loving those particular moments as they continue to to push home that advantage dallas goddard over the last couple of weeks has kind of started to be more of a factor in this offense um anything you from him or you you know is 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 he somebody you think like he was right on the fringe of that uh elite tight end group you know kind of in the six through eight range usually in terms of where he would be drafted by adp but over the last couple of weeks five targets eight targets nine targets we're getting in the end zone twice on those we had the game against the rams where he's 117 yards you know, I mentioned I would like to see Devontae Smith factored in a little bit more, but I, I think from the Eagles' perspective, if you're working and getting what AJ Brown's doing, and also now it's the defense has to really decide: are they trying to take away the tight end, or are they taking away Devontae Smith? And I think the way the Eagles are probably setting up is that they're just going to take whatever option is available on that day. Yep. No, I think that's exactly right. Um, and Goddard, I mean, he he looks good. He's a great player. Um, he's not like you know going downfield and mossing guys or anything like that. It's mostly, you know, kind of screen game, uh, short, you know, little outs. Um, but he's quick. And obviously um, the whole Eagles team is just, uh, you know, very physical, big and get downfield and blocking. And so he's been having, uh, you know, a lot of lanes the last uh, few weeks to run. Um, you know, I, I have a lot of Dallas Goddard. I can't say it was a, a great targeted approach. It just seemed like he always is kind of there in that range where wide receivers had dried up and um, you're kind of staring at an ugly board and uh, love uh, playing the elite tight end in best ball. So uh, I'm thankful for it. Uh, it's been a big change. I mean, after the first uh, three or four weeks, I, I would have said the exact opposite. that He's been uh, a bust. So it's nice to see uh, him come back to life. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I always say to people particularly in a basketball environment is like you know when you're one two three four weeks into the season even when we're six or seven and there's so much that will change between now and the end of the season and i i know if you're playing basketball you need to be accumulating them points all the way through but a couple of those big weeks where people you know have a, a tight end has a hundred yard game like tight ends aren't doing that so 100 yards and touchdown can really catapult a team up with that singular position so 
let's see what he does moving forward but i think people who were heavily targeting him this offseason i think maybe the last couple of weeks is what we were expecting people who were avoiding him for a few weeks they probably thought they had made the right decision so we'll see who's right come the end of the season now as it as it plays out two more games to rapid fire go through on today's edition of the show patriots get a win over the buffalo bills i don't think a lot of people were probably thinking that one was, was coming the second one of the season for the the patriots now two and five we get the bills to four and three i think the bills have a lot of issues that i would have seen this at times with the packers when we had Aaron Rodgers that you had so much talent at the quarterback position that kind of everything else was kind of you think it's going to fall into place whereas we see the other teams we've talked about today so far and like the eagles and the chiefs were i think there's so much focus on also not making mistakes and that's one of the things i would say mahomes does from time to time a little bit much is you know take those chances downfield and make mistakes we're seeing josh allen continue to turn the ball over had a nice fantasy day as you mentioned at the the start of the show but just a little bit too inconsistent for this team in terms of where the the points are are being put up mac jones gets his first game winning drive since his rookie season not a huge amount to talk about in this you know again like we've talked about a few times in this we had players this week who had good performances not blow away performance like we get digs again 12 targets six receptions 58 yards and a touchdown if you have that in your lineup you're gonna be pretty happy with digs outcome even the likes of kendrick Bourne, who i think has continued to look pretty good in the games the patriots have looked pretty good he gets seven targets six receptions 63 and one not a huge amount else on the Patriots side. But the one thing I did want to call out, we get we get the touchdown carry for Elliott. He gets the touchdown there. Ramondre Stevenson and him splitting time. But we do get 11 carries for Elliott, just the nine for Stevenson. And then Stevenson, though, in the passing game, six targets, six receptions, 51 yards. And I have to say on that final drive where they get down the field, get that touchdown to win the game, to put them ahead at that point, a lot of that on the 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 back of of stevenson who is a, a nice kind of pass out of the backfield shows his athleticism down the sideline so i think stevenson's box score here not outstanding but there i was still impressed with how he has played again and we're seeing some of these running backs who the numbers are just not popping for them at the moment but i am starting to see some better play in terms of what they're doing on on tape in some of these games kincaid though the most involved we've seen him as a rookie eight targets eight receptions 75 yards for him so nothing hugely hugely exciting but the patriots get a win in an exciting fashion at the end and then we get you know we talked about celebration with tyreek hill earlier we get a, a number of the worst gritty dance celebrations i think we've ever seen as, as gasecki gets the touchdown we see his attempt of it that he has done for quite some time and then we see mac jones with uh you know i think i might be able to beat what mac jones was doing there but we'll not do that on on the podcast today the other game that i was going to mention was the chicago bears 30 raiders 12 Raiders three and four in the season Bears two and five kind of an ugly game all around we get Brian Hoyer starting this one we get Aiden O'Connell coming in three total interceptions between the two quarterbacks there one touchdown by Aiden O'Connell nothing really in the running game Devontae Adams was getting work early finishes with 12 targets with seven for 57 Jacoby Myers again a little bit like I was saying about um Kendrick Bourne Myers has been somebody that I've been very impressed with we did some of the underdog resurrection drafts recently we were targeting Myers 13 targets going his way seven receptions 50 and a touchdown he continues to look good there there was a chance of a Josh Jacobs touchdown that did get turned over by a penalty um so that would have helped his manager's days but obviously disappointing all around there the, the player though that we have to talk about here is 
a long time kind of favorite of the rotobiz community but has had a huge amount of injuries in his career 16 carries 89 yards two touchdowns on the ground for Devontae or dante foreman and then in the air five targets three receptions 31 yards and a touchdown just tremendous stuff from a, a veteran running back who has had a lot of issues basically putting the team on his back and and winning this one we we did have tison uh Bajin get he gets the win I, I think a lot of this is it's down to Devontae, dante foreman yeah no i totally agree yeah he Foreman looked great it was uh fun to see him uh playing well always uh always root for him and it was yeah truck stick after truck stick um you know not 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 amazing speed but uh just uh very physical and a ton of uh yards after uh, contact um there um once again talking about very uh, physical best... is a very good uh yeah. way to say it. Yeah. very physical mm-hmm. yeah yeah for sure um and, and again just to the kind of best ball mindset i mean he's a guy that you know after a few weeks you're thinking man that's just a total uh, wasted pick uh being inactive uh uh certain games behind uh herbert and roshan um but here you go got a got a 33 point uh game right here from foreman and that uh that's certainly uh all you need so yeah he looked good um Bajit, you know he definitely had some moxie moving the offense uh pretty cool story for a you know undrafted rookie to um to get a win for a team that uh, has very few over the last uh year um but yeah i don't think with him at the helm there's going to be a lot of uh fantasy production outside of uh potentially the running backs so um yeah but overall um yeah i was surprised to see las vegas struggle uh so much um want to echo the comments on jacoby myers he has certainly has uh, impressed me and surprised me uh this year uh i didn't do a ton of resurrection drafts but the handful that i did i think i've you know got myers on like all but one it just uh seemed like uh easy money to take him um he he definitely is looking elite in like a clear uh kind of one b to to adams yeah it feels like they're going to be behind in a lot of these games moving forward with how things have transpired so far this season so and that game script where you're you know getting a lot of targets as well as they try and come back in always favorable to players who are getting those targets obviously and myers and adams are gonna be the and they're gonna be the the two main guys you know getting the the contributions there from whoever the quarterback is with the raiders any thoughts on the anything coming out of the, the patriots bills um yeah no i had you know kind of same thought on that uh game-winning drive Ramonde Ramondre looked great. Uh, he definitely was the the engine of the offense on on that drive. He had uh, a really nice uh, reception down the right uh, right sideline where I think he made uh, two or three guys uh, miss and uh, got them into uh, what would be field goal range. And eventually they uh, got down there and actually scored. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought Mac Jones uh, overall this year. I mean, he's been very up and down. Um, I think the discourse on him. Uh, it's probably been a little too negative. Uh, he certainly has had uh, some some plays that uh, have been really great. Um, but yeah, a few of his uh, kind of late game uh, attempts at heroics have uh, fallen short from drops and penalties and things like that. So I, I think uh, he he at least is giving them a chance to uh, to be in these games. Um, I, I think probably the highlight of that uh, game was actually uh, Diggs' touchdown was pretty fun. He um, kind of caught the ball uh, sliding uh, down. Nobody touched him. Uh, he got back up and uh, juked juked around uh, two guys. So I uh, had to watch that a couple times to, to realize that he actually, uh, um, you know, got away unscathed and, and got into the end zone. So it was pretty fun. Yeah, that was a real heads up play for anyone that hasn't checked it out. Try and check it out. It is a case for, you know, defenders pretty close by, but you know, his knees obviously down, but he's not down by contact. So he makes his way back up, but very heads up play. I think you, you do see situations around the league where people don't make heads up plays all the time. We're going to talk about them on the second show, quite a number of them. Uh, happening this weekend but very heads up play by Diggs. Diggs kind of has this little thing where 
he can make defenders when they really shouldn't. I've seen that in the game when they faced Miami a couple of weeks ago, but yeah, did did get in the end zone there on that occasion. The other thing I was going to mention when we're talking about the Raiders game, Devontae Adams has a chance as well at the kind of corner of the end zone to make a catch. A difficult catch, but for somebody of Devontae Adams's capabilities, I think he probably should have hauled that one in for a touchdown as well. So we had a few kind of near touchdowns for the Raiders that could have made that look slightly different as the, the final outcome was. But that is going to do it for this edition of Road of His Overtime. As I mentioned at the start, joined by Eric Hove. Check Eric out on Twitter at Eric Hove2. That's Eric with a K. Obviously, I'm sure, Eric, there's going to be stuff coming to Rotoviz over the... Well, open it up wide over the next 12 months at some point. <laughs> yes, yes, that sounds good. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, get a few more articles on the site. Um, you know, uh, between the career and uh, family, uh, got a little slow on the article rollout, but I have a few uh, fun ideas for um, either later in the season or the offseason getting into uh, best ball for next year. Yeah, and the, the best ball, obviously, the stuff that you did this year, must read definitely check that out i will link to it in the show notes today but also best ball just growing so much i mentioned like the end season best ball with underdog and the resurrection and, and loads of stuff like that it just is expanding and expanding and you know using the tools on the site and diving in and then being able to read articles from people like yourself sean blair the whole crew i would highly recommend that to anyone listening in that hasn't checked it out already you can sign up over at road of his for an NFL pass to get access to all of the content and tools. You can use the code RVRadio2023 at checkout. That'll give you access to everything over there. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at OverTimArland. And as I mentioned, my co-host today, Eric Hove, he will be back for the next edition. It will come out on Tuesday, but if you are subscribed to the Road of His Overtime podcast feed, you might get that at pretty early on Tuesday as we continue to recap the week's action. So don't miss out. Hit that subscribe button. And until we are back, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.